right, hey family, it's Phoenix Kalita. We are here. We are doing a swap cast. What? Oh my god, two swap casts in one week? Yeah, I recorded twice in one week. I'm very fucking proud of myself. I hope you're proud of me too. Um, it's a little accomplishments that get you through the day, right? <laughs> All right, so let's just get right the fuck into this. Um, the, this is on the appeal.org, and the headline says, In a Florida county, sex workers are ensnared in trafficking raids. Which, as we're ramping up for the Super Bowl, because it is, what, Tuesday? The Super Bowl is Sunday. Uh, all the raids are happening. And all the trafficking panic is happening. So, let's see how this goes. All right. Uh, Hillsborough County Sheriff Chad Cronister. What a fucking terrible name. Sounds like an asshole. So Chad Cronister stinks conducted under the guise of targeting human trafficking that had the largest number of arrests since 2008. But sex workers say the operations put them at risk. Mm -hmm. On November 18th, Hillsborough County Sheriff Chad Cronister held a press conference to announce the results of Operation Trade Secrets 2. Who the fuck comes up with these goddamn names? which is a six-month sting that purported to target human traffickers, flanked on one side by mugshots and on the other side by a video of deputies handcuffing men and women in a hotel, Chronister reports that undercover detectives arrested 104 people. So just off scratch, right? Off fucking scratch. They have people's mugshots up, and they have videos of people in handcuffs, and they arrested over 100 people. They said they were doing this to stop human trafficking, but they're arresting these alleged victims of human trafficking. Because you know what's going to make someone who's been trafficked feel safe and secure? Being arrested, putting handcuffs in the back of a police car, getting their, hopefully getting their rights read to them, being fingerprinted, getting a mugshot, and sitting in a goddamn jail cell. That is how you make a person who has been trafficked feel comfortable, don't you know? Uh, so he has a quote here. He says, like any other business, the human trafficking industry boils down to supply and demand. I strongly believe in order to eradicate human trafficking, we must continue to focus on reducing demand. Hmm. That doesn't work. Chad. But according to the sheriff's own data, 28 of the arrests were sex workers charged with prostitution. Way to save the victims, Chad. 63, 63 others were charged with soliciting a first-degree misdemeanor that for a first-time charge can result up to one year in jail or a fine of $1,000. Though many people uh, charged... No pop-ups, please. Though many of the people charged with soliciting and Operation Trade Secrets 2 were first-time offenders, some have paid fines exceeding $4,000. Oh, so this was about raising money, not about saving people who are trafficked. Got it. Others were diverted to a misdemeanor intervention program and charged a $75 fee. Only, <clears throat> only three people were arrested and charged with trafficking, which is defined by Florida law as transporting, soliciting, recruiting, harboring, providing, enticing, maintaining, or obtaining another person for the purpose of exploitation of that person. So, wait, let me just scroll back up real quick here. They arrested 104 people and only three of them were charged with trafficking. Wow, how do you like them odds? Hmm. Uh, all right. To do, do, do Lewis Cologne, 29, and Jason Fitzgerald, 36, were charged with human trafficking after they responded to an online ad posted by an undercover detective who posed as a man selling his teenage stepdaughter, according to the sheriff's press conference. I would actually like to see that ad and see if that's what it actually said. 
because um, they say teenage, does that mean 19? Does that mean under 19? And does that mean um, he was like, you know, because there is the nuance around the trafficking, right? So posting an ad for someone can make you a trafficker, even though they ask you to post an ad for them. I just, I would just like to have seen the ad. That's all I'm saying, because I don't trust police. So if convicted, Cologne and Fitzgerald face life imprisonment. Jesus. Both are in jail on bonds of $259,000 and $109,000. Stephen Cook, age 29, was charged with human trafficking after a woman told investigators that he forced her to have sex for profit. Okay, that actually sounds like human trafficking. Uh, Sheriff's office person Crystal Clark wrote in an email to the appeal that the woman was initially arrested for prostitution, but in cases such as this, prostitution charges are later dropped by the state's attorney's office after someone is proven to be a human trafficking victim. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm glad that she was able to prove that and she's not the one in jail. Despite text messages from Cook that, according to the arrest report, appeared to corroborate the trafficking charge, the state's attorney closed the case against Clark. against Cook after it contacted the woman and she did not respond. Oh, so... Okay, I'm just trying to make sure I understand. So, allegedly, someone actually forced someone into prostitution and that person got their charges dropped, but people who responded to a vague ad that we have to trust uh, implied trafficking, those people still have their charges pending. Again, I just want to see the fucking ad. All right, so now just two people out of the 104 arrested remain charged with human trafficking. The sheriff is on the news saying he's trying to stop human trafficking, but he's picking up everybody, says Anne, a 24-year-old sex worker who was arrested in the the sting and spoke on the condition of anonymity. Some of us live off this. On January 23rd, the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office announced the completion of two undercover human trafficking operations. Five people were arrested, but only one was charged with human trafficking. The other four were arrested on charges ranging from traveling to meet a minor for unlawful sex to unlawful use of a two-way communications device. The fuck does that mean? All right. The two stings netted the largest number of arrests in the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office since 2008, uh, according to Clark. Uh, Chronister, who was elected in 2018, has pledged to make policing human trafficking a priority and said the stings will continue. So we're not actually making trafficking a priority. The efforts behind Operation Trade Secrets will have no ending until human trafficking is stopped, said Chad in June. An anti-trafficking operation in early 2019 by a slew of Florida enforcement agencies, including the Martin County Sheriff's Office, yielded similar results. Busts of massage parlors, arrests for solicitation, including the arrest of Robert Kraft, the New England Patriots owner, but no trafficking charges. No one is being charged with trafficking, said Greg Kredos, an assistant state attorney. There is no human trafficking that arises out of these investigations. That hasn't stopped prosecutors, however, from uh, claiming in in a December filing that in Kraft's case, the investigations into illicit prostitution schemes often yield evidence of more serious crimes, including the modern-day slavery that that underlies the felony offense of sex trafficking. Let's just do that again. Greg Kredos, an assistant state's attorney, said, No one is being charged with human trafficking. There is no human trafficking. Uh Uh-huh. But then they made a filing and said investigations into illicit prostitution schemes often yield evidence of more serious crimes, including the modern day slavery that underlies the felony offense of sex trafficking. So if you ask them directly, they'll tell you that they're lying. What the fuck is this? All right. 
In addition to large-scale stings, Chronister also promised his office will focus more on arresting clients of sex workers because people who profit from the trafficking of women and children, along with those who pay to engage in this awful trade, must be held accountable. And that's why you still arrested sex workers, right? Right. In an email to the appeal, Clark wrote that there is uh, an increased effort to focus on Johns in hope of curbing their behavior, which we will believe will help decrease the demand for human trafficking. Sure. Uh, this increased focus on clients is a key component in the end-demand model of combating trafficking, in which buying sex is a crime while selling is allegedly decriminalized. End deposit uh, claims, or I'm end deposit. Wow, check me out. End demand. Ugh. Claims that if sex workers of cli- uh, that if clients of sex workers fear arrest or a sense of shame, the demand for trafficking will decrease, followed by a reduction in the supply. The supply being sex workers and or trafficking victims. While these policies have been in place in some European countries since the 1990s and are often referred to as the Nordic model, the approach has become increasingly popular among sheriffs and nonprofits in the last decade, says Kate Diadamo, a sex worker rights advocate at the Woodhull Freedom Foundation. This is due in a large part to an organization uh, called Demand Abolition that poured millions of dollars into funding police departments and district attorney's offices starting in 2014. In 2018, The Intercept reported that Demand Abolition gave the King County in Seattle District's Attorney Office approximately $191,000 over a four-year period to conduct arrests and prosecution of buyers. Now, Diadamo says this rhetoric of no buyers, no business is much more pervasive. In late December, Democratic presidential candidate Andrew Yang said he supports the model. Diadamo said although sheriffs often frame targeting buyers as a mean to empower victims and reduce trafficking, ultimately it's just a new way to continue the same policing tactics that cause harm to sex workers. It's like putting fur inside handcuffs, Diadamo said. It might not leave the same marks, but you are still in handcuffs. Yeah. In countries that have adopted end-demand policies, police surveillance of sex workers has increased. Even though selling sex is no longer criminalized, police still arrest sex workers since activities adjacent to it, like living with other sex workers, continue to be illegal, a.k.a. brothel keeping. Uh, In Operation Shade Secrets 2, one man was arrested for transporting another for prostitution because he drove one woman who was a sex worker to meet an undercover detective. Reports of violence against sex workers, particularly those from marginalized communities, have also increased after end-demand policies are implemented, according to research and reports in Norway, Ireland, and Vancouver, Canada. Sex workers like Kristen Kane, who organizes with the Sex Worker Outreach Project in Tampa, attribute the increase in violence to a decrease of uh, a decreased ability to filter clients for safety. Under the end-demand model, clients are less likely to answer questions from sex workers or agree to meet them at a place that the sex worker is comfortable with because they fear the worker could be an undercover officer. In these situations, sex workers have little bargaining power as their livelihood is dependent on the client. In practice, advocates say as long as any aspect of sex work is criminalized, it doesn't matter who the police go after. Coming after the client still means they're coming after me, says Kane. It means they're coming after the person who pays my bill, the person who means I can pay my rent, my utilities, my car insurance. It means they're coming after me. Yeah, actually, that seems about accurate. Huh. Uh, let's see, this is a very long article. Um... Prostitution arrests in Hillsborough County declined. Arrests fell from 846 in 2008 to 245 in 2018. But sex workers say that more recently they've come under attack by local law enforcement and politicians. In 2017, an NBC, uh, NBC affiliate in Tampa aired a report about Kennedy Boulevard's, oh, the city's Kennedy Boulevard, that claimed a lack of law enforcement there allowed Asian massage parlors that were fronts for Trump. <laughs> 
Why do they think every Asian massage parlor is a front for human trafficking? But these alleged Asian massage parlors were allowing uh, fronts to exist for human trafficking to get a toehold in the city. I think the entire city is being victimized by this, a resident told the station. Nigga, shut the fuck up. Following the report, Tampa City Council members Mike Suarez and Guido Maniscalco called for legislation targeting massage parlors. In January 2018, the council passed an ordinance that requires massage parlors to obtain bathhouse permits, permitted, uh, prohibited them from operating late at night, banned them from employing anyone with a criminal record, and allowed Tampa to police to conduct up to four random unannounced inspections a year. Wow. Uh, fines and jail time were mandated as punishment for violations. Hmm. The ordinances, the ordinances were enacted over objections from the sex workers of Tampa. When we redline an industry out of our town, we're not getting rid of human traffickers, says Sydney Eastman, a co-founder of the Tampa group called Sex Worker Solidar- Solidarity Network. We're just pushing them out of the city, underground, further away, and potentially rendering them uninvisible. Uh, potentially rem- rendering them invisible. Sorry, I can't talk today, y'all. Then early this uh, last year, the Florida legislature passed a series of bills that require police, hotel workers, and massage parlor employees to be trained to recognize signs of human trafficking. The bill also created a John's registry, similar to sex offender registries, for anyone arrested for soliciting prostitution. This bill says to traffickers and pimps, the state of Florida is closed for business, says Senator Lauren Book, who helped write the bill. No, it doesn't. When we curb the demand for illegal sale, we also curb the profitability of human trafficking. Ah, no, you don't. But, uh, but those in standard operation trade secrets, uh, one and two, the majority of whom were not traffickers, point to a registry that will be composed of people who pay for consensual sex. They will have a human trafficking stigma attached to them forever, Kane said. And since sex workers are often charged with soliciting, they will most likely end up on the registry as well. I believe that this was a concern that was brought up by sex workers. Hmm. We're putting our resources into surveillance and criminalization, said Jill McCracken, a professor at University of South Florida. Uh, I continually ask, what are we doing to reduce conditions that cause vulnerability? Because when someone is vulnerable, they are more at risk for trafficking and exploitation. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There's still like a whole, like three more sections of this article, but I think that we got the gist of it. I think we we got what we wanted. So that is what is going on there. Um, I do have one more story, if I could find it. I have so many tabs open. It's a problem. Whew. Okay. Yeah, had to pause for a second because I had so many tabs I couldn't find this article. All right, so I just wanted to mention this. Uh, apparently, truck drivers are now fighting human trafficking, and they're tr- going through training sessions to identify trafficking victims. Yeah, I, I guess the guys who enjoy calling sex workers lot lizards are going to show a, just a ton of sympathy to uh, sex workers. All right. So this is on uh, NBCNews.com. Brian Sproul has seen a lot in his nearly 40 years as a professional truck driver. He's been to every state except Hawaii and has logged nearly 4 million miles. But he also sees a darker side of the country. A few months ago, he got a late-night knock on his door while resting at a truck stop in Arizona. A sickly-looking young woman... Oh, okay, so what? She, she was a drug user? Is that what we're going with? Is like, uh, All sex workers have addictions. And all even sex workers who use drugs, you can tell by looking at them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stigma. It's amazing. So a sickly-looking young woman came up to his truck and asked whether he wanted company. He pointed to the National Human Trafficking Hotline and said, Ma'am, is there something I can do to help you? Do you see this number on the side of my truck? Do you need help? She ran away. Well, congratulations for fucking terrifying her, you asshole. 
Uh, but Sproul said there were enough red flags for him to alert the authorities. Mind you, all he's told us about the encounter is that she was obviously a sex worker who was working and she looked sickly. Those are all the details that were given. That's enough to alert authorities, apparently. She does deserve a police record for looking, quote-unquote, sickly, I suppose. I figured this ain't right, there's something going on here. Other truck drivers sometimes call him an everyday hero. Nigga, fuck you. Uh, in part because he drives a Kenworth rig known as the Everyday Heroes T680, but also because of his involvement with TAT, Truckers Against Trafficking. Hmm. The Colorado-based nonprofit trains truck drivers and other members of the transportation industry to recognize human trafficking and alert authorities to potential victims. TAT says since it was created in 2009, it has trained 845,000 people, over 700,000 of whom are truck drivers. That's out of the total 3.5 million truck drivers employed in the United States. Jesus Christ. My heart goes out to these people, Sproul said. If I see somebody in trouble and it doesn't look like they're able to get out of the situation, I'm picking up the phone and making a phone call for them. Did you consider that's not what they want? Maybe they don't want to get arrested. Maybe they don't want to get raped by cops. Maybe they don't want to have their money stolen by cops. Maybe they're not actually trafficked. Maybe they're running away when you're trying to rescue them because being rescued is, rescued is fucking terrifying. Did you think about that, Mr. Sproul? No, no, you did not. I'm making the call as simple as dialing 911 or the National Human Trafficking Hotline number, but it makes a huge difference in the fight against human trafficking. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Polaris, a nonprofit organization combating modern slavery, estimates in 2018 alone more than 10,000 cases were reported to its National Human Trafficking Hotline, a majority of those being sex trafficking cases. More than 23,000 survivors, most of them female, were identified. <clears throat> okay. So... Keep in mind, right, and this is the shit, right? Because you're like, oh my god, right? 10,000 cases reported, that's so many. 23,000 survivors, this is such a problem, right? It, it, like, it tugs on your heartstrings because who the fuck wants to see human trafficking exist? But then we keep going. They said they identified 23,000 survivors, but the Justice Department said it only secured 500 human trafficking convictions. How the fuck are there 23,000 survive, survivors of trafficking, but only five? hundred human trafficking convictions in the same year the numbers don't fucking add up right all right advocates say however those numbers alone don't tell the whole story because the issue is underreported across america so there's even more trafficking and yet only 500 convictions okay because traffickers often exploit the transportation system to move victims across the country truckers are at an advantage in spotting signs and making reports they're moving in and out of industries, including rest stops, hotels, motels, and restaurants. And at any given time, there are more professional truckers on the road than law enforcement. The FBI said in a statement it conducts, it conducts extensive community outreach in the human trafficking space and encourages anyone uh, who suspects human trafficking to report it. In some cases, the truckers are doing just that. They're making calls and saving lives, says, saving lives, says Candace Paris, uh, Paris. The group's executive director. She co-founded TAT with her mother and sister in hopes of modding, mo ending modern-day slavery. Mm. They're taking a second look, says Paris 44. She was recognized by the White House this year, receiving a presidential award for extraordinary efforts to combat trafficking in persons. Sometimes they get a knock at 2 or 3 a.m., even though this is their office, the truck is their office. These guys need sleep, they need to eat. That's why they're at a truck stop. They've got to get back on the road. But they're taking time out to actually care. What the fuck? All right. She points to drivers such as Adrian Taylor, who helped a 19-year-old woman escape uh, a sex trafficking attempt. 
a sex trafficking attempt. So she wasn't actually a victim of sex trafficking or what what does that mean? All right. And then Kevin Kimmel, who helped save a 20-year-old who had been kidnapped and forced into prostitution. NBC News has not independently confirmed Taylor's or Kimmel's accounts. Interesting. And while TAT is helping save lives, it's also sparking systemic change, according to Paris. Since the organization was created, 12 states have either changed rules or passed legislation to include anti-trafficking training in its driver's license, uh, commercial driver's license school curriculum. TAT regularly hosts coalition builds <clears throat> to conduct training with law enforcement agencies. It has partnerships with hundreds of companies, including UPS, FedEx, Amazon, and Travel Centers of America, to implement anti-trafficking education among drivers. Traveler Centers of America, which owns truck stops and travel centers nationwide, has been supporting the, the organization's mission since 2011 and trains all of its employees in human trafficking awareness. It even sold TAT merchandise this month, which part of the pro, with part of the proceeds going back to TAT. On Thursday, UPS announced a new commitment to train every driver in the U.S., which could lead to more than 130,000 additional trained drivers. We cannot stand by while human trafficking robs people of their freedom, their dignity, and livelihood, says George Willis. And with a free online training video, I owe y'all, the next fucking episode is going to be me reviewing this video. Tat shows drivers what to look for when they're out. A vehicle pulling up with multiple girls and one man behind the wheel. Hearing citizens band uh, radio chatter about commercial company. And seeing branding-like tattoos that might indicate ownership. That fucking tattoo article will be going around. I gotta see if I can find it and I'll cover it. But basically they were saying like um, a bunch of pimps are taking girls to like professional massage, like high class, high end professional massage parlors and having them tatted as proof of ownership, but also putting the price on them and then like selling these girls for like $25. So they're paying $500 for a tattoo to let you know that she costs $25 and that just seems a little weird to me. But I'll try to look for that article and do that too. Uh, so this call to action seems to be working. The curriculum is critical in advancing the anti-trafficking movement, says Carolyn Demar, director of the National Human Trafficking Hotline. Tat said that in the past decade, uh, truckers have made more than 2,000 calls to the hotline, helping generate more than 600 likely cases and potentially identifying more than 1,000 victims. I would like to see the actual final concrete numbers, not potential numbers. Thank you. Uh, we appreciate their vigilance and their eyes and ears, keeping uh, the roadways and keeping up at ro roadways and rest stops and truck stops. Yeah, blah blah. I'm scrolling. Um, this type of bystander vigilance didn't exist ten years ago. Uh, despite being moved all over the country, a woman named Becca Charleston uh, claims she was moved through Las Vegas, California, New York City, North Carolina, including bystanders, including truck drivers, and says no one said anything or tried to help her, even though she was getting beat up in public as a 17-year-old. That's interesting. I would like to verify that story as well. Um, they really care. The concept of see something, say something is familiar to truckers, according to Mike Jimenez, who owns JNL Transportation. Okay. But when it come, came to human trafficking, many truck drivers didn't know what to look for. But that changed once TAT came on the scene. All right. <laughs> uh, it's more discreet. It allows for more flexibility. Sporwell will even bring up the issue when he wants to make small talk with other truck drivers. He'll say a nice truck and then tell them about TAT's literature and website. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sprawl says he used to... This is the guy from the beginning, by the way. I'm scrolling down a bit because it's, like, again, a super long article, and it's already been almost 25 minutes. 
Uh, Sproul says he used to see and hear many of the signs mentioned in Tad's videos, but he thought it was just prostitution, not realizing that the women might in fact be answering to a trafficker. I didn't realize back at the time a lot of these girls had a pimp behind, behind them saying, you do this or I'll beat you up or I'll hurt your mom and dad. Okay. He said he also sees fewer incidents compared to his early driving career. If I'd known about this 30 to 35 years ago, there would have been so many people saved and so many people going to jail. No, obviously they don't go to jail because as we covered, there was only 500 trafficking cases from the federal government. So, hmm. Paris calls it a heart and mind change when truckers have decades of experience, now see the same thing with a new, more informed perspective. They've seen prostitution for years, but when they find out what's really going on, the number one response is always, I've got daughters, I've got granddaughters, how can I be a trucker against trafficking? Because women's only value is how they relate to you as a person. Uh-huh. Uh, it makes me feel good knowing I'm doing this, says Sproul. I'm hoping there's victims out there, they see my truck, even if they're just traveling down the road, I'm hoping they know people care about them. Yeah, okay, well, I have some doubts about some of these things. So anyways, that's what's happening. I guess if you are working um, there, please try to stay as safe as possible. Um, and yeah, there's a reason that these girls are running away when you ask them if they're being trafficked. And maybe it's because they're scared of the rescuers and that should be part of the conversation. Nobody wants to see trafficking, but... If they're scared of the people who are rescuing them, that's also a conversation we need to have. And nobody wants to, uh, you know, fucking do that. So anyways. All right. Again, this has been your Swapcast. I am Phoenix Kalita. If there's a story you want me to cover, you can always hit me up on Twitter. My DMs are open. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Uppity Negress with two P's, two T's, and two S's. Um, just, yeah, let me know if there's anything you want me to cover. Uh, otherwise, I'll be back later this week, probably covering some more things. I do want to go over that tat video. I have a feeling it's going to be fucking ridiculous. Let's see what happens. And otherwise, um, fucking try to stay safe. And remember, sex work is work. All right, y'all have a good one. One, two, three, they're gonna run back to me. Cause I'm the best baby that they never got a key. One, two, three, they're gonna run back to me. They always wanna come, but they never wanna leave.